so much that comes with the envy and lust for power. Even hanging with these celebrities and being associated with them. I was so paranoid, like who I rode with, who called me, who came to my house. It was like a big bubble of fear. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Now, lately, we've been talking about if there is any hope for people who grow up as Christians, but then later on forsake the faith of their youth, and they live a wild and reckless life. Now, in our last show, Esther Jones told us how she grew up as a Christian, where she felt the love of Jesus. But later on, when she was introduced into a public school, she started being bullied for her faith and not doing stuff like them. So she eventually joined them. She partied, did drugs, had sex. Later on, she became an intern for a famous rap company, lived a life of partying, drugs, and sex. She did things in order to get acceptance from the rappers. Today, she'll tell us more about how she hit rock bottom during this experience. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Esther, it's an honor having you with us. Now, I understand you became a promoter for these famous rap stars, and you're doing whatever they wanted or needed for them because you felt less than, and you needed to gain their approval. Who were some of these groups that you were working for? At first, before I even had an intern in St. Louis, Missouri, with Nelly of the St. Lunatics, I got introduced at a concert called the Puff Puff Pastor with Snoop Dogg, the East Siders, Corrupt, all of those. And then I didn't smoke weed. I was back in the green room. But then the other celebrity that I got introduced was Usher, Usher, the R&B singer. And then from there, I met Nelly and then Chingy Nim. So it kind of was like a doop doop step, 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 you know? And then from there, I went to hanging out with Bone Thugs and Petey Pablo. We did events with Maya, Twister, R. Kelly, Jermaine Dupree, T.I. I mean, everybody that you can possibly name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So you're like living the life around all these famous people. Oh, yeah. And Esther, you know, there's some people who are listening and maybe they would say they really wanted to live that life that you're living. I mean, mm. hanging out with these famous rappers, doing whatever it takes to get there. You were there. Yep. But I understand that lifestyle led you to hitting rock bottom. Yeah. What happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's traumatic to talk about it. But I mean, it was so much that comes with the envy and lust for power, even hanging with these celebrities and being associated with them. They look at you like, oh, my God, you're the door in. So I was so paranoid, like who I rode with, who called me, who came to my house. It was like a big bubble of fear. So it was so dramatic that my mind began to break down. I was paranoid. I was cutthroat. I mean, I got robbed. I got set up. We've been through like five different murders I've seen. So that's when I hit rock bottom because my mind can take the trauma and all the drama that goes along behind the scenes with the fame. Wow. This is such a dramatic change where you grew up as a sheltered Christian and now you're cussing, partying, doing drugs. Yeah. I mean, it was so bad that you were asking for cocaine like someone would ask for water. Right? Oh my gosh. You're bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> yes, we would come in the room backstage, and this is a lie. Okay, we expose the lies. They say that it's the best life ever. 
They say it's the good life. They say if you get the money, if you have the girls, they had a hundred girls. They had all the money, more than we could count all together in one night. Millions and millions of the $50,000 a night just to walk in the club and say hi. That's how much money. So when you have all that money, you have all this cocaine, you're supposed to be happy. We weren't happy. We cried ourselves to sleep. We were paranoid. We couldn't sleep. We had nightmares. We were tormented. I call it the deceitfulness of riches. It's happiness paved in gold, but filled with torment, pain, and paranoia. Wow. The painful truth. Nobody talks about this truth. I mean, all we hear is how cool the famous person's lifestyles are. How amazing it is, the money, the riches, the fame. But here you are sharing the truth of it all of what almost nobody gets to hear. Yep. I understand you're having sex with both men and women at this time. Oh, and you're even participating oh, in orgies. Is that right? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it's like a setup. You give your body whatever it wants. It's like we eat a sweet potato pie. We want to eat that whole thing. And the next day, you're going to be sick. Yeah. So it was pleasurable. I tasted it, the orgies, the sex. Give your body whatever desire for the moment. But the morning after, you feel like trash. You feel like nobody. These people don't even know your name. They don't care that you're suicidal. And then some of the celebrities, after you have sex with them, they won't even get your number or to call you or even give you a ride home from the hotel. I've seen girls give their body over to these celebrities. When they got on the flight, they don't even remember who they are. It's deception. It's lies. It's lies, lies, lies. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is like so horrible. I can feel the heartache and the pain that you went through. I understand that all of this led you to a point of a mental breakdown. So though you were living the life per se, all the drugs, the sex, the orgies, you ended up in a mental hospital hearing these tormenting evil voices and you didn't know what to do about it. And I understand this problem led you to a mental hospital a total of five times. Mm -hmm. What were these voices telling you to do? I mean, you know, when you see people on TV or say, a voice told me to drown five kids and, you know, it's real. Those things are real. When that happened, it was outside voices telling me to jump off a bridge, telling me, you know, we're going to kill you. So I wasn't just running Something was really chasing me. I made the decision. I'll never forget it. I said, Jesus, I want to come home. After that last blunt I smoked, I made a decision mentally in my mind that I wanted to stop. And that's when the attack on my mind and my life came. Mental attacks. Wow. So you started to call out to Jesus, the one who you knew when you were younger. Correct. But I understand it didn't quite get better yet. Because you were still stuck with the consequences. Yes. Almost like you were stuck in a demonic realm. Yes. And still stuck with the people. You know, I didn't change my friends. <laughs> right. So you were still there. But I understand there was a moment shortly afterwards of calling out to Jesus that you realized something had to change. Mm. So you changed your environment and your friends. And I understand you started focusing back on your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And reading the Bible. Yes. How did doing these simple acts change your situation of hearing all these voices? Oh my gosh, I never will forget it. It was like a supernatural liquid peace. If you're ever like out, it's hot, 106 degrees, humidity is swampy. Oh, I feel like I'm about to die. You go into your air conditioning room and take a cold shower. You know? 
all the torments, it all washed off. The Bible, it washes you. It cleanses you. So after I kept putting that word in me, reading the word, the voices and everything had no choice but to flee. <laughs> Darkness mm. can't coexist with light. The more I got around people full of light, full of love, full of compassion, full of the things that Jesus carried, the darkness goes away. The dark friends run away. <laughs> the <laughs> darkness hides from the light. So the more I got filled up with light, with Jesus, with love, with worship and church, the more the darkness ran. They ran from me because <laughs> it was filling up with light. Amazing. I know what you're talking about when you mean the peace of God. Now, what would you say to the person who hears this and they wanted to live the life you lived in the past? What would you say to them? I would tell them that what does it profit a man to gain, to achieve, to conquer the whole world, but lose his soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you gain all that stuff, <laughs> it's called the, the deceitfulness of riches. It's paved in pain because how you get it, you have to keep it. However you get the money, you get it by greed, you have to keep up that lifestyle. And after a while, if you're at that breaking point now to call on Jesus, you know, you hit rock bottom, do it. He's there. He loves you. But when you get to that point of your loved ones dying and you can't pay for peace, your mom has cancer and you can't pay for a cure. When your son got hit by a truck, something bad happened. When you hit that place, you can call on the name above every name. His name is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. And he'll come. Oh, he'll come. But that's the cure. That's the cure. Oh, amen, Esther. Truly, God has changed your life. And this brings so much hope for anyone who can relate to being tormented with demonic attacking voices. That's crazy. I'm so glad you found peace in Christ Jesus. Esther, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. God bless you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. It isn't over yet. I've got some hope and help for someone right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is a demonstration of the fact that having all the pleasure you want, well, the devil is there. It's kind of like the story of Pinocchio, where Esther had everything she thought she would want, getting so much pleasure from all the drugs, the sex, the fame, the money, but the devil was there, tormenting her mind. The one behind all the sin was the devil. And when she realized that, she needed to get out. This is a demonstration of what will happen if you let sin enslave you. A little at first, a lot in the end. 
But it is written in Romans 6.14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. See, Jesus Christ came to set Esther free. He came to set you free. And He isn't judging you. Rather, He's extending grace to you. Because He took the judgment upon Himself for you. It was nailed to the cross. It is written in Colossians 2.14, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He took your sins to the cross so that you can be set free. That is love, my friend. Where are you at with this? Is sin still your master? Jesus has come to set you free. And Jesus, if you give your life to Him, is a master that will show you true freedom. Let's pray. Father God, I'm lifting up the person. And I think we could honestly say it's all of us. We've all given a little bit way to sin. And Lord Jesus, we need you to deliver us from the sin nature in our bodies. So Lord Jesus, we're asking for you to come into our lives for the person who has never asked you to come into their life. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come and be the Lord of our body, the Lord of our mind, the Lord of our soul, the Lord of our spirit. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.